Good morning, everyone. This is Brenton Powers. And this is Dan Bodwin. And we are Open Air Campaigners. Today we are, we are producing a special show for not only the Dwell on Truth radio show, which airs on KSCO every Sunday from 11 to 12 and in the morning, uh, but also a video that you can watch on YouTube if you're not already watching us on YouTube or Facebook. Being that it's the end of the year, we thought we would just get together and talk casually and share our hearts about what God's been doing in our ministry. Some of you are part of that through your giving, and so we want to express thanks to those financial partners, ministry partners. Amen. Today's episode is brought to you by generous support of Christians who have partnered with us as missionaries through open-air campaigners or through patreon.com slash dwellontruth or Calvary Monterey. Speaking of Calvary Monterey, today is Mission Sunday, so as this airs on KSEO, Dan and I are here greeting people and meeting them between services. In fact, some people are coming out of the indoor service that started at 10 a.m. It's just wrapping up right now. And more people are coming and parking for the 1130 service, which will be outside on the lawn. So if you'd like to meet us, come out and see us at Calvary Monterey on the patio. And we're located just off Highway 68, Monterey Salinas Highway, between Tarpies and the airport. If you want to type it into your GPS, it's Calvary Monterey, 3001 Monterey Salinas Highway, Monterey. So this is a great Bible teaching church, and my whole family has been growing here through Calvary Kids, Jesus Famous Youth. My wife and I were part of the college group years ago, and my wife is one of the members uh, and mentors of the women's ministry, and I've been leading life groups and men's discipleship groups, or D-groups as it's called, for the past few years. We are so grateful to be supported as missionaries by this church for 12 years now uh, in Europe and here in California for the past year. And so they're sharing publicly about all the missionaries they're supporting this Sunday and giving us a spot on the patio where I'll have my table set up and you can come meet us, ask questions, get literature, and just get connected with what God's been doing through our ministry. So we praise God for Calvary Monterey sponsoring this show today and invite you to come out for the 1130 service or after the service. You can get some food at the on-site restaurant called The Grill and chat with Dan and me on the patio today. We'll be here until 1 or 1.30. Besides that opportunity to meet us in person here at Calvary Monterey, you can meet us online remotely today at 4 p.m. Or rather just me because I don't think Dan will be a part of that Zoom meeting. But if you're interested in joining Joining the Zoom meeting, you can find that link or the QR code on facebook.com slash dwellontruth. That's facebook.com slash dwellontruth will be a link to that if you're interested in learning about partnering with us. What does that mean? So I'll remind you at the end of the program where you can get the link to join us. So without any further ado, here's our show for today. You can also watch this on facebook.com slash dwellontruth. You'll see Daniel and me giving this year-end report. So we want to express thanks to those ministry partners. Amen. And uh, we also want to just praise the Lord for what he's doing, because we do what we do to give God glory and to see souls saved. Isn't that right, Dan? Amen. <laughs> you stole my tagline, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Indeed, that really is what we're about. And that's that's one something I have up on my website, and it's something that both of us believe. Th- those are really the, the, the two focuses of this ministry. We want to see God's name lifted up, see him glorified glorified, see the truth of who he is and what he did um, through Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. And we want to proclaim those things to Mm -hmm. the world, to everyone uh, we see and meet. 
Um, and we want to see people made right with God and brought into relationship uh, with Him. And that's what we're about. And that's what Open Air Campaigners is now about and has been since its uh, foundations were laid back in the 1890s. That's right. When did Open Air Campaigners start? 1892, correct? In Sydney, Australia. Yeah, at least we have our foundations back then. Yeah, with a guy named E.P. Field. Yeah. yeah it went through a different, uh, it went by a different name at first. It was like uh, South Wales Prayer Band. The New South Wales Prayer Band was the first name that they adopted. Um, I can't remember whether that was in the 1890s or in the early 1900s. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was founded there when uh, E.P. Field, who uh, he was an, an attorney by trade, and uh, he had his office near the docks, and he knew that most Australians were not believers, didn't attend church. And he knew what scripture said, you know, where it says, how will they know without a preacher? How will they How will they hear unless somebody goes to them? So he went to them. He grabbed his Bible one day and went out of the office and walked across and apparently started just talking about um, Jesus to the dock workers. And and what now today is is open air campaigners, which is in major metro areas around the United States and in 30 other countries. Um, started there, and it's a it's a pretty neat history because there aren't a lot of ministries, particularly this type of ministry, that have been around for over a century. So it's a it's a neat thing to be involved in. Absolutely, and um, so today we're you're going to hear a little bit more about open air campaigners than you normally do on our Dwell on Truth show. Mm-hmm. Normally we are um, either teaching through the Gospel of John with an evangelistic focus, since we're on a non Christian radio station, or we're answering questions from uh, a host of callers, whether they're believers non-believers, or somewhere on the fence. Um, so today it's more about getting the background for uh, who we are, where we come from, what God's been doing, as I said in the beginning. So I thought it would be cool to just give people a glimpse of the website that you and I started. And for those of you listening on the radio, that's oacnorcal.org, and we do hope that you'll visit. Yeah, so NorCal is just how we shorten Northern California for those who live outside mm-hmm. of NorCal. Um, yeah. But there's two branches in California. California. One's the Southern California branch, and uh, Russ and Frank are missionaries there, and Dan and I represent Northern California. Um, now, we can't reach all of Northern California, just the two of us, but uh, you know, we, we hope to use media such as the website and the radio show and video and outdoor outreaches, which is primarily what Open Air Campaigners is known for. Yes, um, indeed. To, as we said, uh, see God glorified and people saved. Now, this is actually upside down for me in my preview window uh, backwards. It looks great here. Okay, good. So what does that say on the top? Dwell on truth with open air campaigners because your soul matters. There you go. You like what I did there? <laughs> yes, I like what you did there. So uh, dwell on truth, of course, is your your uh, media ministry that you started a number of years ago, right, Brenton? And you've got you got a ton of stuff up. I mean, several years worth of, of radio shows, podcasts, uh, sermons and stuff that you've put together. It's great stuff. Yeah, dwell on truth started about three years ago as I was mm-hmm. feeling a sense that God was calling me to continue living as a missionary in California after we had been missionaries in Europe for 11 years and uh, God brought us back here and I was you know trying to figure out how do I how do I dwell instead of go you know I'm where I'm at is a mission field it so is. dwell stands for discipleship worship evangelize love God and love people um, mm-hmm. the Great Commission and the greatest commandments um, but you know I'm just one man show and uh, sometimes 
things. It's, it's hard to keep things going, and, and, and I don't have every spiritual gift, and I, I realized I, I work better as part of a team, and I'm thankful that God brought me to uh, work with Open Air Campaigners, and that's the Amen. ministry we're a part of. But Your Soul Matters is Dan's personal website that he's started how yes, many years ago? Can you tell us about that? Oh, my goodness. I don't know how many years ago. Probably a decade. It's It's been a long time. I don't remember exactly when I put it up, but I started getting involved in street ministry back in 2008. And I wanted to um, put something together where I could connect with people, where I could post resources so people could be encouraged and equipped. Because there's, you know, as you said, there's a lot of questions that people have that we deal with on the live shows and that we also discuss, um, you know, on the pre recorded shows. And I wanted people to be able to go back and, and, and look some of those things up. And, and I just wanted kind of a list of the commonly asked questions um, that people have. So, and I will, of course, when I put that together, I wanted a memorable name, something that was going to um, stick in people's brains so they didn't have to try hard to remember the website. And so Your Soul Matters, I'll always tell people, hey, you can visit my website yeah. at Your Soul Matters and, because it does. <laughs> and here it is. That's Dan preaching. There I think I actually took that photo and you're standing on my box. This was Yes, I am. Using all of your presentation tools all at once. You have a, <laughs> kind of, yeah. you have a sketchboard, a flip chart, yeah. a track table. Um, my guitar is behind you. We sang some songs that day. That's out in Monterey yeah. near the war, which became a very yeah, good I know outreach place for us. It it did come and and hopefully it will continue to be a really good outreach spot. I'm looking back through my blog post and it goes at least back to 2015. I think the website is older than that, but that's when I started doing the blog aspect of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Monterey is is a great outreach spot that, uh, in fact, we're planning to be there this coming Saturday on New Year's Day, correct? That's right. And uh, pray for peace because um, there's some controversy whether or not we're allowed to mm. uh, use religious uh, literature or signs. Homeless people, according to the guy I talked to, can have their signs of, give me yeah. money, I want beer, why lie? Uh, but we can't have a sign saying, you know, Jesus saves. Um, yeah, they don't so. really want to any signs I think out there. I, I, I don't think they want to deal with the uh, the pressure of kicking homeless people out. But yeah, I yeah. don't want to say all of them because there's really only one guy that uh, was yeah. not usually on duty that was kind of cracking down on everybody down there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what the official policy is, but we'll we'll challenge that and see what happens. Yeah, uh, waiting to hear back from legal counsel on that now. So oh, are you? We'll just pray. F- oh yeah, just okay. pray for uh, pray for that situation, folks. Because I mean, it's it's just just a great spot where lots of people gather, lots of folks are walking by. It's easy to hand stuff out and get into conversations, which is what we want. Uh-huh. So one thing someone might ask, just as I'm listening from the perspective of somebody, if they're not a believer or say they are a believer, but they're very timid about sharing their faith, uh, what makes you so bold that you would get up on a box? Well, you're not always on a box, but that you would preach no. loudly enough for crowds of people 50 feet away to hear you clearly. Um, yeah. What, what were you, were you just, you're just not a shy person apparently, right? Oh, that's actually not true at all. I'm by nature a very shy person. I'm very, uh, um, naturally an introvert. That's an interesting story. Yeah. Share your story briefly with us, how you went from a sh- the shy person to this bold evangelist that I know. No, well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I came to faith in my teens. I had a friend who invited me to a church service. I grew up in the Catholic church. So 
I grew up with the basic knowledge of the Bible and I had some idea of who God was, but really didn't know him. Um, when I came to faith in my teens, I felt a call to ministry and knew God had something for me, but spent a lot of years wondering what that was, not really sure um, specifically what was he was calling me to do. Tried a couple of different things, applied for a couple of Christian jobs. God shut all those doors. Um, and then in the mid-2000, you know, 2000, probably well, 2008 is when everything, I guess, kind of launched. So I'll go to there. There's there's a lot more I could say, but I was feeling the the call to some kind of uh, some kind of more active way of sharing my faith. I can't really say I was being called to street ministry because I don't think I was at that or didn't realize I was. Um, but I knew I had to do something to be more active in evangelism. And I ran across an ad on the internet. I still don't remember what site I found it on to this day, <laughs> mm. but God had a plan. And it was for a thing called the Ambassadors Academy, which is an, an outreach of um, Ray Comfort's ministry, Living Waters. Um, some of you guys who are believers might've heard of him before. And I remember looking at this ad for something called the Ambassadors Academy, which was basically street evangelism boot camp. And I just immediately knew that I needed to attend that. And it, it was, I didn't hear an audible voice, but just about everything, but it was very clear that God wanted me to go to this thing. So I went to Becky, my wife, and I said, I need to go to this. I, I, this is, this is something that I have to attend. So she said, okay. And we put the money together and sent me off. And uh, that was June of 2008. And almost overnight, um, I went from being very scared to share the gospel to, I want to be a, a street preacher and I want to spend the rest of my life doing this. Um, it had a really, really strong impact on me. I, I still had my struggles and I still do. Uh, but it was at that point that God made my calling clear to me. So from then on, I've been out pretty much weekly um, sharing the gospel on the streets. And then in 2015 was when I actually came on board as a staff evangelist with open air campaigners. Someone listening who find themselves relating to the timid part, mm -hmm. was what, what, what made the difference for you? Was it like having the example of the Ambassadors Academy or just needing to yes. get pushed out of your shell? Or was it like knowing yeah, with confidence I, what the message was? I think all of the above. That's actually a really good question. Um, I, needed, I needed an example and I needed to be pushed out of my comfort zone and the Ambassadors Academy definitely did that. And that's, of course, something that we try to do in our ministry is inviting other people out there um, and kind of getting them out of their comfort zone and giving them the opportunity to hand out a tractor to preach. So the example was a big thing. Um, I, But even that, it, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's something that the Holy Spirit does in your heart and your mind um, to, and, and he really gives you the capability of doing, well, not only this kind of work, but any, any work for him. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. You know, when he gave me, he gave me the example through the example, he gave me the desire and through the spirit, he gave me the power to do this work. I'm still an introvert by nature, hmm. um, except when I'm sharing the gospel, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's something that I can't explain outside of God's power. Well put. Yeah. What about you, Brenton? What, how did you get into this? I know we've talked about, and we talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about the time that you and 
and your family spent um, in in Eastern Europe, primarily on the mission field. Yeah. Um, how did you get called to this kind of work? Well, God first gave me a desire to know the Bible and make sure I knew what the gospel was before I went out and preached it. I think the number one challenge before going to preach the gospel, and people have a lot of fears, I think the number one thing is you don't know what to say. Uh, you don't know what maybe how to express the gospel. Make You believe it, but putting it into words for someone else who hasn't heard it, that seems like a great responsibility and burden and, and yeah, responsibility. Um, so I didn't, I didn't strive for it or desire to be called a pastor or evangelist or missionary, but God worked in my life so that I would be open to that. Mm. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, that's that's a really good point, that God gives us by His Spirit the ability to do this kind of work, the ability to, to, to just be a good witness to Him, whether you're a missionary or not. But there is work involved, isn't there? There's work and yeah. study, and we should be really careful in the way that we handle God's Word. Yeah, and I had a lot of catching up to do as a new believer mm-hmm. at you know my late teens, because I didn't grow up in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. And so mm-hmm. it was, you know, just as Jesus spent years with his disciples before sending them out to be witnesses to all the world, yes, important part of that preparation was wait until you receive power from the Holy Spirit, but he also spent three years discipling them and training yes. them. And so, I, you know, I just had a hunger for God's Word, and that's what led me to Bible college. And some of my Bible college roommates, they went straight to the mission field. I came home, and uh, they came to my church, actually, and shared, and I just <laughs> felt stirred up, like, that's what I should be doing. I want to do that. Like, I feel like God wants me to go. So um, when Len and I first got married, we ma- planned to make a trip and visit those missionaries in, in uh, Ukraine. And it's just like you talked about, you know, you needed to be pushed out of your comfort zone in order to grow. Um, they invited us to join them and see what God was doing. And God did some amazing things there. I'll share one story. Uh, found myself in the pastor of Calvary Chapel Preluki's living room with a group of missionary men. Um, we went and visited for two weeks just to see if God may be calling us to join them as missionaries. Calvary Chapel Preluki, is that a city in, what, Ukraine? or? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Preluki, mm-hmm. Ukraine. So we arrived, and at the end of the summer, we were, they were taking time to seek the Lord about what was next. And I was like, that's great. Love to be a part of that. Uh, so at this meeting, uh, the pastor encouraged people. I know not everyone believes in the spiritual gifts, but I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, this group certainly did, and, and they practiced them according to scriptures from everything I could tell. The pastor said, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Pursue love, it says, but eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And he says, does anyone want to pray for the gift of prophecy? And I was like, I do. I've never, you know, done that before. And the Bible says to pursue it. So I'm, you know, I'm seeking the Lord for a word from him. So maybe that'll be something blessing to you. So all the male missionaries were there fasting and praying. They laid hands on me. And at the end of their prayer, these words came to me. So I just spoke them out. Go forth into Nizhen, which is another city in, in Ukraine, about an hour away. Go forth in Indonesian and reap a harvest, and I will open doors that no man can shut, and shut doors no man can open. Mm-hmm. I had never been to Indonesian before. I'd only heard that we were going to be going a few days later, because they had just started a Bible study there for their college students. And so when we were there in Indonesian, we were exploring this apartment, this other, like, Ukrainian, you know, big block apartment um, up on the mm-hmm. third floor, uh, and I found a shovel and a bucket there. And what I didn't tell you in this story is that while I was mm-hmm. giving that prophecy, I saw a 
vision of a shovel and a bucket. I thought it was just my imagination, but the guy said, no, this is a, the interpretation is these are two instruments that God has used before, but that, uh, and he wants to encourage two people that you, God wants to use you. And uh, mm. there in Nisian, I saw the same shovel and bucket that I saw in my vision <laughs> while in Preluki. And the two guys that said that that image spoke to them were there and they grabbed the shovel and the bucket. We got pictures with Stephen and Eric and sure enough, God opened the door for them and us and a few other missionaries from Preluki to move to Nisian a year later and start a church and disciple people and baptize people. And uh, mm. the church eventually, after eight years, got turned over to Ukrainian leadership. And I visited in 2014 before moving back to America. Nice. They're doing well. And God has kept that door open. And uh, I got to see Stephen and Eric being used mightily as evangelists. They would go up to anybody and everybody. They open air preached. Uh, they Praise had one-on-one -on -one conversations. And they taught me a lot about, you know, don't water it down. Don't feel like you need to market the gospel. But I got to see that vision fulfilled and that prophecy came to pass. Praise God. Neat. And then you moved back to the United States in what year was it? 2014, 15, oh, yeah. something like that? After 11 years of church planting and teaching at a Bible mm -hmm. college, we moved back here at uh, the end of 2014. Mm -hmm. So we've been here for uh, six years, seven, six years. almost seven. Nice. So yeah, nice. been with Open Air Campaigners for the last, uh, well, we've been doing radio shows together. I invited Dan. Should we share that story yeah. of how we met? Yeah. Yeah, we probably should. That okay. was an interesting story how how God works these things out. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and, and start that? Sure. Well, um, as I said, uh, I've been with Open Air Campaigners since 2015. And and uh, by God's grace, prior to that, I'd been involved in other kinds of ministry, um, you know, particularly uh, helped run a local evangelism and apologetics conference for a number of years. Um, through that conference, um, which was called uh, NorCal Fire, um, run through a ministry, uh, run through local missionaries like me and local believers like me, and uh, through another ministry out of the East Coast. I met a guy by the name of Al, and Al is a uh, an ex-military guy and works um, on a local military base. He worked with the uh, chaplains there, and I had had an opportunity to go out and, and speak with a couple of groups on the base before. And uh, at one of those meetings that I got to speak at and share the gospel at with the sketchboard, um, Al had asked Brenton to come in and work the sound, right? Were you doing sound and video or just sound? I can't remember. Yeah, I was sound and lights. Yes. Yes. There we go. And so I had preached there and we got to meet briefly and and Brenton had had this opportunity to be a guest on a radio show on KSCO with Dave Michaels. For those of you who are listening on a Sunday morning or who are local, you'll you might know the radio show. Um, this is the, the the radio station that we broadcast on every Sunday morning um, for the for the uh, podcast listeners. And so he got to be a guest and he would bring other folks with him. Well, why don't you tell that part of the story? Sure. Yeah, I was listening to the station because my FM radio went out. <laughs> so I, oh, there you go. I, I, so thank God for broken radios. Um, and I heard <laughs> these two guys talking. One of them was Dave, the host of the Flight 1080 show. And another one was an atheist. And the atheist was trying to convince Dave to become an atheist atheist and all the audience and succeeding at uh, getting some people to say, oh, I guess the Bible is full of it. And uh, I guess it's uh, it's not true. And so I was like, I need to call in and refute this guy. So I did. I, I, I tried to. I don't know that he thought I refuted him. But at the end, Dave said, well, I, I, 
I'd love to get you in the studio. And you seem to know what you're talking about. And, and so he, I said, sure. So he, true to his word, he invited me in. And I, I did three or four shows by myself. And I was thinking, I feel kind of selfish. Just, uh, you know, I get this opportunity to share the gospel for three hours on the radio. Why don't I invite my pastors or another evangelist in? So Dan was, I think, uh, one of the people I invited in from the beginning. And, and he, he did a good job. So I kept inviting him back when I, when I got invited back. And it turned into a monthly thing that we've done for three years now. It's even coming up on four years, I think, now. I can't remember when our first show was, but it's been a long time yeah, now. it was 2018 when mm. I started uh, Dwell on Truth. 19, yeah, 20, and it's 21. the end of 21 yeah. now. So, Almost yeah, it's an amazing thing. And thank you for your obedience and calling in and, and engaging that atheist and talking to Dave. And, and God opened some amazing some amazing doors through that, you know. And here we are, what, after four months or so of doing our weekly radio yeah. show? Now, some people ask, why do you want to be on a secular radio show if, you're, if you have a Christian show? Shouldn't you be on a Christian station? Well, I was on a Christian station for two years before it shut down and then I was off the air for six months. Um, but I think both Dan and I, the reason why we work well to get one of the many reasons, we both have our, mm-hmm. our hearts break for the loss. I mean, the spiritual need in, yes. around us is so great that, you know, it's really hard to put into words. I don't know, Dan, maybe do you have any stories that can help illustrate no. the spiritual need here? Well, I was just sharing with somebody earlier today. My background is prior to being a a missionary. I mean, I was still involved in street ministry for a lot of years, but my background is in security management and particularly in the in the retail arena, some of the busiest shopping centers in the state. Um, my last one that I worked for had about a quarter of a million people go through the mall on Black Friday. And so, I mean, I, I did this. I worked about 16 um, Black Fridays in retail. And not that finding a deal is a bad thing, but it felt like I was watching a bunch of people running around, sometimes being crazy, pushing each other to get to, you know, to save five bucks on something. Um, just all kinds of craziness. You guys, most of you have seen the craziness that's attached to Black Friday, people being up all night and people fighting over. I remember watching a couple of handicapped people, both of them handicapped fighting over a parking space (laughs) on Black Friday. It's great. I kid you not. There is fulfillment and and meaning and purpose and, of course, salvation from sins and eternal life available through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And, and there's this emptiness. I don't usually use this like as a draw card when I'm preaching the gospel, but there's an emptiness. There's a hole in our hearts. <laughs> That in in a real way can only be filled by by knowledge of and worship of God. And I'm watching people year after year trying to fill that emptiness with everything else. And that's really largely what Black Friday has become. Um, So when you see that, when you can watch hundreds of thousands of people walking through, knowing that most of them don't know Christ and need to, that most of them are lost and dead in their sins and on their way to hell, um, and you have the answer to that, you have the solution to that problem, and God is calling you to share that, it's it's tremendously convicting, and, and there's just nothing that I then and now desire more than to be able to share with those people. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's kind of gave me a unique, I guess, window on on the world, you know, working in an environment where I'm dealing with and watching tens of thousands of people go by every day. 
you realize just how many people there are out there that have a need for Christ. Yeah, and just uh, to dovetail on that, the, this picture here mm-hmm. from, we have it on our homepage. I love, I remember this day when uh, you and I were out. It wasn't a, it wasn't a particularly warm day <laughs> at the beach, but no. <laughs> uh, these guys came up and they were just enthralled with you sharing your from your painting and, and you know, God evidently was drawing them because half of them disappeared and there were two or three guys left out of that gr- group that stayed. They didn't even realize that their friends left. They were just so uh, dialed in <laughs> with their, I think they sensed their spiritual need for Christ and the solution. Uh, and the the message you were preaching was really hitting home. So it's great to be able to thank you for not that. just feel yeah. that compassion and that burden for the lost, but actually do something mm-hmm. about it. And the fact that you, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm really encouraged by not just this one day, but you're going three, four, five times a week out onto the streets and. Those mm-hmm. multitudes are, you're going where the multitudes are, and you're preaching that what they need yes. to hear, yes. the true gospel. And so that's something that I wanted to be a part of. And so that's why I'm, yeah. I'm glad that I, you invited me to join Open Air Campaigners. Uh, and I went through yeah. the process. It was it was a bit of a process from applying in January to going through uh, the, the school in uh, Baltimore for training and painting mm-hmm. and learning how to use different tools for the gospel. But uh, then before long, it wasn't just dance, painting that were out there in Monterey, but also started making some of my own. And uh, yes, and you've got some great ideas for those. Thank you. So yeah, it's yeah, it is a it is a special calling, and it's one that we are both really happy to be a part of. And uh, and it, of course, through that, it's given us an opportunity for for this show, and that's that's a neat yeah. thing. I think one other story that just for me illustrates the spiritual need of the world that we are around around here in the Bay Area, Northern mm-hmm. California as a whole, um, is one time you were witnessing down in Monterey, and these two girls walked by with a rainbow flag draped around them, arm in arm. And yeah. uh, they shouted something at you. I didn't hear what they said. And then they walked away. I don't remember. And, but that. as they were walking away, you're like, oh, don't don't walk away. Come back. I'd love to talk with you. Love to hear you out and, mm-hmm. you know, have a dialogue. And they actually came back about 20 minutes later. Uh, but they were kind of yeah. seething, like they were preparing for a fight in those 20 minutes. And they came up to you and they're like, we just want to know one thing. Are we going to hell because of who our preference of who we love? And uh, you, with your security background, I think that's part of it. Part of it is just... You're filled with the spirit, <laughs> it helps. and you know the fruit of the spirit yes. of it, spirit. Fruit of the spirit is love, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and you just de-escalated the situation while while also sharing what the Bible says and holding firmly to that in a way that at the end of it they said, uh, "Well, thank you for not bashing us, and we don't feel that that was unloving or uh, mean or or what they had seen before from other." Christians. Yeah. And so you you gave them food for thought. They weren't convinced. They didn't change then and there on the spot, but they uh, respectfully listened and uh, because you respectfully shared the gospel. Um, and yeah. that's not how it always goes with some evangelists. There was an evangelist that uh, came down no. and objected to your preaching and you were kind to him, but he ended up assaulting me because I asked him to go away because he yeah. kept interrupting you. Um, and that if that same guy had run into those two girls, I'm sure they would would have left feeling justified in their hatred of Christians and rejection of the gospel. Uh, but the Absolutely. way that you shared it is something that I'm learning from. And I, I realize that, it, that wasn't a big issue over in Eastern Europe. That was not uh, that was frowned upon over there, that lifestyle. 
So I didn't have a lot of experience in dealing with that question, but it keeps coming up. And so it, it's important to keep sharing the truth of God with the love of God. I think in that we have balance and there it's effective. The Bible says, speaking the truth in love, we grow up in Christ. And that's the only way we can continue to mature and grow as evangelists, as Christians. And we need more Christians that are equipped to share the gospel with truth and love. So thank you for that. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you for the kind words. And, and yeah, it's, it's interesting how God has brought us both through a set of experiences that have prepared us for this kind of work. And yes, you, you talked about my security background and that has definitely made me better at not getting mad under pressure at being able to deescalate. And, and that's a gift. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a gift from God, not, you know, one that he's given to me so mm-hmm. that it's, it's, it's easier for me to have those kind of conversations because I've had everything you can imagine yelled in my face before, and I just don't care anymore. It's, it, it doesn't matter. My, you know, I, I I would rather deescalate and be able to have a good conversation mm-hmm. and and praise God for that opportunity. That was a neat talk, and we had what two or three other conversations at oh, least that that grew out of that conversation. And about it was really fifty neat. people stopped to hear your answer to that question because it was a hot button question. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's something that I think comes up at least every other conversation or every same, maybe sometimes every third. But if we have a a decent conversation with somebody, the homosexuality thing is going to come up. You know, because it's 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 a cultural issue right now in a lot of ways. So, and of course, you know, like any other person who is who is sinful, um, and of course, we are sinful. We have broken God's law. Where we don't put ourselves above anybody else. Um, we realize that that every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And even if that may not be our pet sin, we have our own pet sins. Um, and we want to not stand in front of you pointing a finger and saying, you have a problem. We want to stand next to you saying, we have a problem. Let's look at the solution together. Yeah. And that's really what our ministry is largely about. And that's what we want to emphasize. That's what we're here talking about on the radio. Right. You're not emphasizing the sin of homosexuality as the lead-in to sharing the gospel every time. It's only when they bring it up. Yeah, It's really not that one sin that we deal with. We go through the Ten Commandments, and what you did that day was go mm-hmm. through, was it First Corinthians chapter 6? Talk about First Corinthians who 6. will not inherit the kingdom of God, yeah, and it lists many sins that you admitted to, to be guilty of. So you came down to their level, and I think they appreciated that, and I appreciated that. Yeah, we don't want to minimize that or any sin. I mean, the Bible does call homosexuality an abomination. That's not our words. That's God's word. But it's not about taking one particular sin and beating up anybody because of it. It's, once again, let's look at the solution. Yeah. So. so looking back on 2021, can you believe it's already over in a couple of days? By the time this show airs on Sunday, it will be <laughs> January 2nd, 2022. I know. It's bizarre how fast particularly considering how rough things have been the last couple of years. Um, yeah, it's it's gone really quickly. And it's, and it's nice that we're finally starting to, back, to get back to somewhat normal life. And it's easier to go out and, and preach the gospel without having your face always covered up. And people aren't as afraid to, t- uh, aren't as afraid to take literature out of your hands. And, you know, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to 2022 and what God is going to do through this ministry and, and uh, 
who we're going to have an, uh, the privilege of meeting out there on the streets and, and what believers will be able to encourage. And yeah, it's, it's exciting going into this next Do year. Do you have any uh, projects planned for this next year? Any special uh, plans going forward? Of course, the biggest thing that both of us are looking for is being able to spend more time out on the streets, you know, being able to bring in enough partners so that we can focus on this full time. Both Brenton and I are uh, bivocational right now. And that's that's a blessing. God has always provided for both of us in various ways. But um, as I was sharing with some friends today, we don't want to be those missionaries who are begging for money because God provides for our needs regardless. Mm -hmm. But it is about stewardship of our time. And God has called us specifically to this kind of work. And we want to be able to share with more people and encourage more people and get more literature into people's hands. So that's the biggest project that I have for this year. Um, And of course, I'm really praying, um, uh, in in my case, for more kids ministry. Our kids ministry got um, largely squashed when COVID came in. So I'd like to get back to some some more weekly Bible clubs and, and things like that. Those are the biggest things for me. And then um, the one-on-one project, why don't you tell people about that? That's something we started on, what, a year and a half ago, something like that? Yeah, January 1st, 2021. So we're actually coming up on a year from when I had the, the inception yeah, yeah. for the idea. Um, but my partner development uh, has not gone as quickly as I thought it would or hoped it would. So I'm actually not funded to be able to reach out to those cities at this point. I'm only funded to reach, uh, well, I'm about 20 to 25 percent funded. So I have my weekly outreach on Monterey every week. I've decided to commit to that ever since I was assaulted and mm-hmm. realized that that's one of the most fruitful outreaches for me to get to in my neck of the woods. But I would really like mm-hmm. to uh, find more people that want to see the gospel spread in the Bay Area, um, which for me, it's a kind of Samaria. You know, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from the Holy Spirit, and then you will be my witnesses mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, which is where you are now, your Judea, which is the region around you, say the Monterey Bay. But then go a couple of hours north and there's these weird people up in the Bay Area. And lots of them. (laughs) So it's called the 101 Project. Why the 101 Project? Well, from my house to Lombard Street in San Francisco, it's 101 miles and on Highway 101. And I got this, this number just popped in my head on January 1st. So I just kept seeing it. And also as a former Bible college teacher who wrote curriculum for discipleship Mm -hmm. and evangelism. It's kind of the intro to any subject. And so, as an intro to this idea of being a missionary to my Samaria of the Bay Area, I googled that day, how many cities are in the Bay Area? If we're going to be open-air campaigners, our mission statement is presenting Christ by all means everywhere. Everywhere, yes. Not just like one city and then, okay, all of California is reached? No. Well, what if we, crazy idea, harebrained idea, What if we went to every city of all 101 cities in the Bay Area? That was the Google result yeah, I found yeah. on Wikipedia. There's 101 cities in the Bay Area um, in nine counties that touch the San Francisco Bay. And so that's why 101. So 101 cities along 101 miles of freeway, along freeway 101. And round trip gas and wear and tear my vehicle there and back would cost $101. And I, I want to reach 101% funding, but I'm at like... Like twenty one percent right now. So uh, yeah, yeah. We don't ask for money on the radio, but if you're interested nope. in partnering with us, we would love to meet with you personally and and give yes. you a special invitation to be one of what we call a partner. And uh, yes. we'll explain in 
in that meeting what a partner is. But basically, mm-hmm. what I'm asking my partners to do is three things. To pray for us, to uh, commit to regular financial support, and to advocate for the mission that, you know, we're going to advocate for the gospel to be spread among non-believers. But people who are in fellowships or in Christian circles may know other believers that want to get behind us so they can advocate. Mm-hmm. And a fourth thing I have added to the list of things I want people to do who partner with us is a yearly video conference like you and I are doing right now. Um, I'm setting up to do this on January 2nd, next Sunday. Actually, Mm -hmm. this show airs on on January 2nd, so uh, in the morning. So if you want to meet with me at 4 p.m. on Sunday via Zoom, contact me at um, questions at dwellontruth.org, and I'll send you an invitation to be part of this Zoom meeting, which is a yearly video conference I want to have with anyone who is partnering with us in these ways. And conveniently, like Dwell is an acronym for all of my ministries, um, PRAY is the acronym for my partner's ministries. So pray regularly, regularly give, advocate, and a yearly video, P-R-A-Y. There you go. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. And yes, we would love to meet with you. We want to be able to encourage you guys. We want to be a resource to the local church and be able to, to equip and encourage other folks in sharing the gospel. And we would love to have you come out and join us as well if you're a believer in Christ. And if not, you can still come out and talk to us. Um, mm-hmm. We do have on the OAC NorCal website, um, I think it needs updating now, but we generally have our outreach um, schedule up there. Yeah. And uh, we and when we're going to be on the radio, so you could call into KSCO and talk to us when we're on Dave Michaels' show. Um, where you can email us at uh, questions. Is it questions at dwellontruth.org? That's mine, but we could you could yeah. reach both of us at oacnorcal at gmail.com. Gmail. We, we both check yeah, that exactly. email. So uh, yeah, if you want to meet with Dan or me to learn more about partnering, if you're a Christian, and if you're not a Christian and want to become one, you can submit your questions there or um, interest there, and we would be happy to help you become a Absolutely. Christian. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. We would do that for free. That's 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 like someone writing us a check for a million dollars is to lead someone it is it is it's such a blessing when we see people changed by the gospel and we want and we want to see more people change that's why we're on the radio and and we hope that you will reach out with with your questions and that you'll listen in weekly as we're we're going to be getting back to the gospel of john i think we're about to start chapter seven is that right yeah we'll get back to our verse by verse studies probably next week so speaking of lives being saved and changed that's something that I want to see more. So mm-hmm. I want to be able to do that more. And if people partner with us, they get to be part of that process and part of the fruit that's going to come from that. Have you seen any lives changed already, Dan, in the in the years that you've been doing this? Absolutely. What's the end result of your ministry that you're hoping for? Well, a lot of the a lot of what our ministry is is planting seeds. Scripture talks about um, some plant and some water, and God brings the increase. Of course, Jesus being from more of a, a rural, um, you know, farming-based um, lifestyle. Um, so much of what we are doing is planting, is taking the, the word to those people who otherwise would not hear it. Um, like those, those young ladies that we talked to in Monterey, uh, another one that uh, comes to mind along the same uh, along the same stream is, is, a, is a Muslim girl that I spoke with in Redwood City. 
this was probably about three years ago or something like that. And uh, and I was had my board up and it was at night. We use a paint board to share the gospel messages, to kind of highlight important aspects and to draw people into conversations. And at night, we'll use fluorescent paint, black light, so it glows. It's pretty cool. You can see some of that on our webpage, I believe. And uh, we had this young lady come up to the board, a Muslim, wearing her hijab, her headscarf, and first generation from Saudi Arabia, and I believe came over for school and then stayed for um, for work, if I remember properly. I won't share her name and her picture, because I don't remember her name off the top of my head, and she asked me not to share her picture, okay. because Saudi Arabia and facial recognition. Yeah. Um, but she was one of those people who had been here and had heard about Jesus, but didn't know him and didn't understand what the gospel was. And we got to spend some time talking, probably about 45 minutes. And I still remember to this day her, you know, getting near the end of the conversation and saying, you mean that I could go to bed tonight knowing that if I died, that my sins were forgiven and I could be in heaven? That's amazing. And her just her eyes got as big as dinner plates. And and that was and that is an amazing truth that I want to ask you if you're listening or if you're watching, do you know that truth? Do you know that though you are a sinner um, who has rebelled against your creator and deserve nothing but his justice and judgment, do you know that you can receive his mercy through what Jesus Christ did? And, and that is that is the hope that Brenton and I are about. It's, it's that that we want to share. It's that that we want to encourage non-believers to understand and believers to to uh, share with others. I mean, that's just such an amazing thing. Did she become a Christian right then? I don't think so. But it was very clear that, I mean, that is a great example. Sharing that truth impacted her in a powerful way. And we've seen impacts like that. How many times, Brenton? More times than I can count. Yeah, just for me, most recently, uh, October 30th and 31st, Mm -hmm. two days in a row, I got to lead people to receive Christ in repentance and faith. And they called out on the Lord and, uh, Gave them Bibles, gave them tracts, gave them resources, and uh, pointed them to a good church to plug into. Um, and so, yeah, that that couple I met in Monterey, they just walked away, you know, with bi- <laughs> my Bible in their hands. The last one I'd given away all my New Testament, so I gave them my New King James leather cover Bible. Nice. Um, they were just so grateful, and you know, the kids that I got to lead to the Lord in Yuba City, uh, in partnership with uh, Calvary Chapel Yuba City, Pastor Kevin let me preach, uh, and I made a 16 foot wide painting on they they gave me a flatbed trailer and I set up my sketchboard there and at the end of my first I gave I preached them the gospel twice at the end of the first one there was a large crowd of people around and mostly kids uh, but I could hear adults uh, you know professing Christ as their savior uh, from a distance as well as I, I led them in prayer you know I, I try to be led by the spirit in each situation I don't have a cookie cutter prayer that I lead people to pray but um, we point people to what Paul and the apostles and Jesus told us to preach and that is repentance and faith. That's what Jesus himself preached. And so that's our message to the world is that Jesus is perfect. He is good. He died for our sins and he rose from the grave. And if we repent or turn to him, we won't be sinlessly perfect in this life, but we'll go in a direction of sinning less because we believe in him and he changes lives as he's changed our lives. We believe the gospel is the power of God for salvation to anyone who believes. But how will they believe unless they've heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? And how can we preach unless 
we're sent. So uh, if this resonates with you and you, you want to see more cities reached with the gospel, you can help us to do that in many ways. So get in touch with us and we'll, 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 uh, we'd be happy to ha- have you be part of what we're doing in any way that we can. So we have five more minutes before we got to wrap up the program and I got to get out the door. Um, what, is there anything else on your heart to share, Dan, for either the, our radio listeners or people who are tuning in to our YouTube channel here? The biggest thing is just that we want to hear from you guys, um, whether you're believers or non-believers. What I will often share when I'm preaching, and Brent and I know you share as well, is we don't just want to talk at you. We want to talk with you. and We want to build relationship, whether you're a believer who needs to be encouraged in evangelism or whether you are someone who would want to partner with us, or if you're a seeker who is trying to figure out this whole Christianity and Bible thing, or even if you're an atheist who think what we're doing is silly and have objections that you'd like to throw our way. Regardless of which one of those categories you fall into, we want to hear from you. We want to hear, we would love to receive an email. We would love to have you call in when we're on the on the radio with Dave Michaels, and we would love to talk to you on the streets. We're all about people, yeah. and we'd love to, to meet and talk with more of you. Even to sit down over a cup of coffee after an outreach. Absolutely, uh, yes. We'd love to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So we are Open Air Campaigners, which is a 501c3 organization in America, but it was started in Australia and it's in 30 different mm-hmm. countries. We're in yep. about 25. Our goal is to reach 25 cities or metropolitan areas in the mm-hmm. U.S. Uh, and we have some great uh, fellow missionaries. I want to give them some uh, props because we're not the only one. It's not just me and Dan trying to, to start something. We're a part no, of no, a great organization here. And even if you didn't feel led to support us, but you say you want to support somebody that's in Baltimore, Washington, D.C., or another state. Um, we have friends mm-hmm. that we would love to uh, pay it forward, if you will, and we would highly recommend you support some of the newer missionaries, uh, like my friend Ryan Itzel. We did an interview with him on our podcast. You can listen to that. Um, Tom Fox, I don't think he needs funding, He's but he's been, a, <laughs> uh, uh, he's been encouraging us and getting us uh, the, the direction and, and guidance that we need and godly counsel. He was one of my teachers, and he's um, just a great man of God, um, and Ryan is working with him. So anyway, I just wanted to say it's a privilege to be a part of something that God has been doing and is continuing to do, and I think the way the OAC is set up, it's set up to be faithful to the gospel for many years, getting the gospel to as many people as possible, or as cheaply as possible, affordable, but they don't neglect their missionaries. No. It's my fault that I'm at like 20 to 25 percent <laughs> funding. Because yeah. I don't ask people for money, uh, but I need to be meeting with people and give them the opportunity to partner with us. So I'm growing in that, and uh, that's what I hope to do. I hope by this time next year we'll, we'll be fully funded and starting to reach every one of those 101 cities. Amen. Um, including Amen. Um, and, and not neglecting my own neck of the woods either. There you so go. let's let's be in <laughs> prayer for that. How can people pray for us if they're praying people? I'll pray that God for God's provision. Um, praying that we will be filled with His Spirit while we're out there speaking to people. So we won't be just um, spitting our own words at people, but it will really be God's words reaching out to those who need to know him. Um, pray for safety, um, as there can be some challenging, even physically challenging situations out there. 
um, and just that God will lead us to go to the right places and talk to the right people, and uh, that God will will bless us with our listening audience in 2022 with KSCO. We love this opportunity to reach out to our local communities, yes. and and we pray we'll be able to do more of that. Yes, I just I'm, I I don't know. My heart breaks at the numbers of people. There's probably seven to mm. nine million people in the Bay Area, and then the greater greater Bay Area. Bay yeah. Area, if you include Sacramento. My prayer request is that God would provide 100% funding for us so that we could reach 100% mm. of these cities, Amen. at least with two visits. One for recon to figure out where the best place and time to go is. One for actually doing an in-person outreach, talking with people in hopes that not just thousands, but tens of thousands or maybe 100,000 people over the next 12 months can hear the gospel. Is that an unrealistic goal, Dan, to, to get the gospel in the hands or in the ears of 100,000 people in one year, you and me? I don't think so. No, I think that's very reasonable. Okay, so let's trust God for big things. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly yes. beyond all we ask or think, to him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So dwell on truth because your soul matters and we're open air campaigners. Thank you so much for listening or watching this episode of Dwell on Truth. Yes. We'll be back next week. Tune in and be blessed. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Amen. Amen. Finally, as I mentioned in the beginning of the program, just want to share two reminders of those announcements. These are opportunities where you can meet me and or Dan. Right now we're out on the patio at Calvary Monterey, which is at 3001 Monterey Salinas Highway or Highway 68 between Tarpies and the airport. We'll be there uh, at our table with information. So come grab lunch at the Grill restaurant here at Calvary Monterey or meet me online at 4 p.m. today. I'll be in the studio hosting a Zoom meeting for Christians who would like to be part of changing lives through sending us out as missionaries to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in Northern California. If you are interested in seeing how God is working and potentially partner with us, be a part of what he's doing, there's no obligation to give, but you can join the Zoom meeting and I'd love to share some ways with you that you may want to participate in to share in the fruit and joy and blessing of God's work. Be part of fulfilling God's will for your life by fulfilling the greatest commandments to love God and love people and fulfilling the great commission to go in his authority, preaching the gospel, making disciples, and bringing glory to Jesus Christ, making Jesus famous. That's Calvary's mission statement. and Open Air Campaigner's mission is to present Christ by all means everywhere. And we want to do that all over Northern California. So we need your help with that so that lives can be changed and saved through hearing the gospel. It's such a fulfilling mission to be part of. So if you'd like to join me on Zoom today, you can find that QR code or the link on facebook.com slash dwelloncruth. That's today at 4 p.m. And I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for listening to Dwell on Truth. This is Brenton Powers. Tune in again next week and we will resume our study in the gospel according to John chapter 7 going verse by verse to see what we may learn about what is the good news and why should we believe in Jesus as the son of God so that we can know that we have eternal life through faith in him and what he's done for us in his sinless life his death on the cross for our sins and his resurrection from the dead if we repent and trust in him we will not only have eternal life after we die but it begins today if you'll turn and trust in him with all your heart so thanks for listening to Dwell on Truth. See you next week.